Oh, this is all in our house, uh, by the way. So it's just like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't see you there. Come on in. Yeah, it's very we like have a tale to tell. I'm now sitting by the fireplace. And <laughs> yeah. Like, I didn't bring my smoking jacket because I don't have one of those. Also, uh, what is one of those? I have a pipe, like a Bilbo's pipe. <laughs> you have a pipe? Yeah, yeah like Bilbo's. a functional pipe. It's a replica pipe. of Bilbo's pipe, but it's actually and it functions. functional. You yeah, can just used it, smoke but. from the pipe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, BRB, I guess. I think I do, about it often. I do love this because I just realized that they, they're really going to see how, how much paper we use. Yeah, these are, these are a lot of notes. These are actually not, these, this is not a lot of notes. This is very small, actually. Which is the one that had the most notes, right? Oh, coffee. oh, coffee for sure. Coffee, coffee. coffee had the mm. most notes. That was like, I think I had at least 11 pages of notes for coffee. Yep. We, I mean, I do print single-sided because it makes it easier to... To destroy the What's, earth and its yeah. resources and one think, piece of paper at a time. Yeah, I mean, I am definitely not an ecologist. Like, I don't, I think we should destroy the environment for sure. Oh, wow. well, see, the problem is, is okay, the, podcast done. It's <laughs> over now. That's it, cancelled. We're cancelled now. The problem with the coffee episode is I was left alone for a week. And so I had, and I just had nothing to do but research coffee. And it's also coffee where I researched it in cafes, which just make you buzz and get like, oh, I could learn more about this. You know, I'm going to make more notes. It doesn't matter. I'll just bring it all. Yeah. Yeah. See, this is what happens when I go on a business trip. So what's going to happen next week when I'm on a business trip? He's just going. What is he going to research? He's yeah, got I mean, nothing to research. Like, Maybe I'll just drink. I don't know. <laughs> just yeah, I reckon you should drink. Yeah, every day. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. All right, well, we might uh, we might do theme song there. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Do 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 we know the themes? Does anyone actually know the tune of the theme song? No, that's not how it goes. So I mean, you guys should just hum the theme song to yourselves. Yeah, please. I've got the theme to "Ship to Shore" in my head, which is not which is a fucking TV show from the nineties. Tom Sawyer by Rush is in my head for some reason. Yeah, okay. So the new theme song is Monday Warrior Mean Mean Strike. See now, I have Mean Pride. Ra Ra Rasputin. The Russian queen. queen. Yeah. yeah, you get it. Are you going to play it? Do it. Wonderful producer Dale. Yeah, okay, hooray. <laughs> hooray for Dale. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to the Music in Everything podcast. This, friends, is the final episode of season one. Hooray. Woo-hoo! We made it. We did it. So today we're going to be covering a whole bunch of, uh, quite frankly, shit uh, that we <laughs> didn't touch on throughout the entire season. But today's especially special because we have Dale with us. Dale's actually mic'd up. Say hi, Dale. Hi. Dale is monitoring another exciting thing, which is that for the very first time, we're actually streaming live to our Discord channel. Hello, everybody in Discord. How's it going? Uh, You can't answer. You're in the text chat, and that's nice. But um, even so, this is being recorded for posterity. So everyone in the future... (laughs) They can't feel the things you're feeling. It's just how it's just how it's going to be. Um, but no, this is very exciting. And if you're not aware, we actually do have a Discord channel. Um, follow the link in our Instagram account at the Music and Everything Podcast, and you can come and join the fun over there. And there will be more things like this in the future. But for now, no one's wearing the hat today. 
No, it's right here. It's right here. It's on the table. Everyone look. See? It's right there. Uh, for the first time, that joke actually means something because there's people watching <laughs> yeah. the camera. Actually see yeah. what's the happening. The one time I don't have any visual aids. A lot of those. Yeah, damn. God damn it. Shit. God damn it. Uh, I could just gesture boldly, I suppose. Yeah, do that. That was great. That was really interesting. For everyone listening at home, I think that it was could be, so fucking I think it good. Could be bolder. Yeah. Well, you work on that, and that'll be fine. Uh, but since there's no CI today, I don't know who to throw to. So I'm just gonna say, Sam's go. <laughs> okay. Well, Samantha's now pointing at me. And that's, <laughs> okay, I'll go. That's right, fine. I can talk. Um, so we have sort of structured this conversation a little bit because there's been. How many episodes have we done? 17? This is 20, 18. A million? I don't know. Yeah, 20 million, yep. 20 million mm-hmm. episodes. It Really, the back catalogue is dense. And so we thought we'd start with some wacky and wonderful things that perhaps we weren't able to discuss or things that have come up since doing some episodes. Are we episodes. doing chapters? Is this like a chapter? This it is, is chapter, chapter one. Chapter one, wacky and wonderful. And so I thought that we might start with something that's happened recently um, that has actually, it's actually the only correction correction we have. Is this that the queen died and I still talked about her having a shit on the No, last no, no, it's not. Okay. Samuel. The queen did die. The, no, the queen oh, she did, did yeah. die. So if, you, if, if anybody and recalls. And it's possible she shot at the same time. I mean, yeah, that's okay. A, mm-hmm. So for those who have listened to our beekeeping episode, uh, which is worth doing before it is filled with vomit and wholesomeness, mm-hmm. um, there's a section in which we talk about um, the tradition of telling the bees. And it actually wasn't in Telling the beekeeping the episode. Bees. It was in the corrections episode, which added stuff about the beekeeping episode. Yeah, I love Possibly. the way correcting the corrections we episode. Are. How far <laughs> down this fractal of bullshit can we go? Anyway, uh, we talked about the fact that there was this, uh, what I described as an Irish tradition, a very old Irish tradition, of telling the bees, which is that if somebody dies, you've got to go tell the bees. Or gets married. Or gets married, yeah, good things too. you just got to go tell the news to the bees. they got to know mm-hmm. what's up. Because... Consequences. Oh, yeah, that's right. The bees will leave, of course, because <laughs> consequences. <laughs> Insert consequences. Um, yeah, because the they're just like, we're not being respected. Yeah. So, and I of re- course, bees were like for a very long time through human history are seen as very valuable. You want to keep them around. So, uh, you've got to tell the bees of what's going on. Yeah, but not all the bees. Just the royal bees need to be known. Well, no, th- th- no. You just got to tell some bees. Oh, you got to tell some your bees. Like, like, I love the idea bees. that it's not tell the bees. It's just tell some, some bees. Some <laughs> just like find the bees. But- Yes, recently, relevant, yeah. Queen Elizabeth II died mm-hmm. and it made the news and was shared quite widely on account of being absurd that the royal beekeepers in a ceremony went up to the queen's official bees, like the royal bees, her to bees. inform the bees of her passing. The United Kingdom's weaponized bees. Yeah. <laughs> They've all got <laughs> tiny lasers. The last lasers. line of defense. <laughs> They've got tiny lasers. Keep calm and, oh, Jesus. <laughs> if they don't know a succession has happened, they're just going to go rogue and just be like, yeah. there's well, a target I mean, being acquired. <laughs> they'll just go <laughs> after Charles. <laughs> Are they robot bees? Dude, I was halfway through a fucking mouthful of coffee just now. Yeah, so, but what this, what, what this told me is that I was under the impression it was an Irish-specific thing, but clearly it's actually, a, it's actually an older, more sort of pan-European thing. Goes back a few thousand years, hence the pan-European element, but and clearly strong enough that this very old royal tradition occurred, and it was shared wild, 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 wildly, wildly around the, okay the world. To call <laughs> <laughs> it was shared widely around the world, 
uh, on account of being insane. Yeah, because it's, wacky. it's the year What's of the our Lord, 2022, and they're mm. going up to some fucking bees and going, Yeah, hey. no, but okay, like you're, you're assuming that the, the entire, like the entire foundation of this is fucked because like the divine right of kings shouldn't exist in 2022 either. <laughs> I mean, obviously, but that didn't seem <clears throat> relevant to discuss in this moment. Yeah, to me, telling the bees is actually kind of the sweet part and yeah. the monarchy is the bit that's shared yeah. around going like, you're what are we doing here? to rule. Uh, <laughs> isn't that interesting? <laughs> uh, so what is the ceremony? Do you know? You just no, know I don't know. Okay, I don't so. know. I do believe they, it was filmed though. So. Oh, but I, I, I literally think they just go up to the, the bee the one that has the queen in it and just goes like, hey, you. Lizzie's but it was dead. A very, it was a very emotional moment. You there, be in the street. <laughs> what day is it? Why, it's Queen's Day. It's like, no, it's not. It's not. Any, I'm, <laughs> it's not it's really, every day's Queen's Day. I'm really Europe. sorry, it's not. <laughs> Um, so that was a kind of funny thing to come across. I think didn't I think someone sent it to the uh, the old group chat, and we were just like, "Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, it's this is wild. still happening." I love that. See, the reason why we have this chapter here of wacky and wonderful is because mm. this is the kind of stuff that really sticks out yes. from our notes researching, and it's the sort of things that pop out of episodes and that are really memorable. And but there's always more of that <laughs> because as the deeper you go into Wikipedia, you find strange things in the world. As so, I demonstrated with the whole ASMR thing, like you could just keep going, there were words, you could just keep, there's so much content. Um, but considering we are doing a live stream, there's a webcam obviously that we're streaming through. Hello um, webcam. Hello webcam. Hi. But did you know, Jim? Yeah. That, did you know? Did you know? I did. That the webcam was developed because of coffee. Uh no. Okay, I'm gonna, gonna tell you. Like there was gonna be a joke, but it's yeah, our all, coffee, all suck. Our coffee episode had a lot of long strands in it, but this one seems really bizarre. Yeah, so Please basically continue. what happened was um, in 1991, and this is me reading from my notes, um, which is what I usually do, uh, but you can see that now. Um, Busted. It feels <laughs> like everything's off the dome. It just it's fucking, really it just not. Isn't, isn't it? <laughs> um, so in 1991, Cambridge University researchers were wanting to monitor a coffee pot which was in this place called the Trojan Room of the Computer Sciences Department. Can I quickly just ask? Yes. Why? Because they wanted to know if it was full or not. You can look. Can't no, you? no, no, but they, it was a but long you're busy. walk. It was a long walk to go to the Trojan Room, which is where the coffee was, and they didn't want to do the walk because they're computer scientists. Yeah, but I mean, if you, and fin so, if you finish the cart, you refill. The yeah, yeah, but they, no, no, but somebody else's job was to refill. There was someone whose job was to keep the coffee. Okay, so yeah. I'm just, I'm still going to say. Yep. It's dumb. It's, yeah. it's no, pointless but, So what they did was they basically were like, I don't want to waste a trip. Let's just figure out a way to like see it without leaving our desk. And so what they did is they got a digital camera, they trained it on the coffee pot, wired it up, and then they just would look at stills. So it wasn't a live feed, but it was like it would take photographs at yeah, periodic points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then did they, they would, have anything else to do? Like, I mean, anything They're computer else. scientists. So, yeah. They were doing their jobs, I suppose. <laughs> it's such, I really love this story. I think it does feel like one of those, like, uh, like they didn't need to monitor the coffee pot. They wanted to test out this idea. <laughs> like, you think? Yeah. You, maybe. Because, and it was just like, that was a good excuse to do that. Yeah, and the one that they put in the toilets had to get taken down. Oh, so my God. Like, oh. Jim. <laughs> but, you know, it's, that is, innovation often comes from people just, like, creatively procrastinating and then oh. going, like, I don't want to do my job or the research I'm doing, so I'm going to invent the webcam so I can see when the coffee pot needs refilling. Like... Yeah. I've I mean, had a terrific idea. And it's on the back of all of that coffee. By the way, the pot's empty. <laughs> <laughs> that we are so desperately crave mm. for yes. so many hundreds of years. And now we have a pot coffee machine. Yeah, you man. do. Yeah, that's an update for you guys. Yeah. Just an update on the Sam's it's had a coffee pot. It's a hot little update now. on yeah. us. Yeah, <laughs> got a was, coffee machine. It was full. Um, but I don't know. We don't have a webcam set up, so I don't know what's going yeah, on. Yeah, I with can't it see it. I can't see it. Hard to God say. God damn it. 
We do have one webcam. We yeah, just we, use that. That's neat. It's in use. <laughs> um, what else is wacky and wonderful, guys? Well, the thing is, I was going to talk about coffee a little bit longer because if we had a webcam, <laughs> if we had a webcam in 1683 in Vienna, we would have known whether or not the story is total bullshit about so, the Pope or the oh, no, when they yeah, fell yeah, yeah. the fire and the, the, thing, the yeah. you know I was holding back on the amount of bullshit coffee stories to oh, share, yeah. Oh, yeah. and so now I have no reason to hold back anymore. I'm free. Okay, we are unbonded. Yeah, unbonded. Um, so yeah, bonded we're, from we're no longer f- <laughs> friends. Is that? So it's like I love like unbonded is like the the Middle Ages term for like Facebook unfriended or some shit. <laughs> so wait, what are you talking about? I don't okay. fucking. Know. There's a, basically a myth that coffee came to Europe um, via this fantastic story. Yes, which is totally is real. Absolutely true. <laughs> and that's the best part of it. The best part um, of it is that it's weird <laughs> and true, one hundred percent. In 1683. Uh, there was the siege of Vienna. <laughs> Sorry, it already sounds fantastic. But the siege of Vienna. This hilarious story, right, about how coffee got. Okay. <laughs> the siege of Vienna, where there were many it deaths. It was many dead. Uh, the Turks lost the battle, and of course, um, the, the stuff that was left on the battlefield was seized, and you're already shaking your head. I'm shaking you know. my head because Dale is typing in the chat. I'm not sure <laughs> no, he's not. <laughs> no, he's not. The, um, the, they seized all the coffee beans left on the field, and the Polish military officer who was in charge of it was a uh, Viennese guy named George Franz Kolczyski. Kol- hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, and His so he is- seized it and thought, "I'm going to open. Uh, I'm going to open a coffee house." I love that in this story. It's like I've seized coffee beans from the Turks. I know just what to do. I'm going to open a coffee house in Vienna, and I'm going to add milk to it for the first time in the world, and it will be Viennese coffee, and it's totally what happened. Okay. Definitely factually true. It is factually I would not, not lie. true. Okay. As a historian, I would not <laughs> lie to you. Why would about anyone this just story? lie about? Stuff no, the like first that. coffee house in Vienna was actually opened later by an Armenian man. Um, so yes, no, totally untrue. Do you know what year that happened? No. Wow. What a researcher. This is, yeah, (laughs) this is the knowledge that I'm sharing with all of you. Non-knowledge. Non, the absence. Un-knowledge in brackets. Don't. I love it's just like wacky and wonderful bracket. Lies. (laughs) (laughs) Next. Okay. (laughs) Samantha, Samantha, in the Winter Olympics episode, we discussed at length. The physics of curling. Can you just update us on the physics of curling? So I have an update. I have an update. So in the year of our Lord, 2022, (laughs) we have had, and I know that I've said that twice now, we have had an update on the potential physics of curling. We may have an answer, guys. We said that they didn't know. They've been been doing research as they be doing. Um, So I, I did some investigating. And so what I'm going to read to you is going to be something that's going to make complete and utter sense it to everybody. It will haunt you Are you for the rest of time. So, guys, this is, great. Yeah. this is how curling happens. This is how the physics, this is how it... So when I say the physics of curling, what I mean is the fact that when you push a curling stone mm-hmm. and it has a spin, mm-hmm. it will move not with the spin but in, like against the spin. It'll, yeah. Right? That's stupid. That doesn't yeah. make physical sense. Yeah, it's silly. So this is it should be banned. <laughs> it should know better. This is how it happens. Okay, ready. Everyone will completely understand this. It'll be absolutely yep. great. So, an asymmetric force arising from grid and ice debris transfer gives rise to a model of curling stone trajectory that is comp- compatible with observations. So what happens is that. Um, okay, everyone. Everyone ready? 
Strap yourselves in. So they, what they observed was a significant left-right asymmetric friction due to velocity dependence on the friction coefficient. Samuel gets this. He's following along completely. <laughs> I believe so. Yeah. Combined with the discrete point-like nature of the friction between ice and stone, swinging around slow side friction points has been concluded as the dominant yes. origin of curling. <laughs> So We're this, getting there, people. So what this means is, um, I don't know, but they figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. But not quite, because how this sort of research works is that, you know, one study or even two studies, it's, it's not definitive. Two it's just, studies. they basically said, hey, well, we've got this theory that says that the dirt and the asymmetric, asymmetric friction is responsible for the counterintuitive turning. But like, you know, maybe in five years, someone will test it and just like they did the other theories and find, wait, that still doesn't actually explain no, it. But what I think it makes this plausible was that, that was already one of the models and that they've actually done further examination of that model and found that it is consistent. Although I will say that in 2021, there was some fun little like comment on this article and reply to a comment on this article sort of back and forth between two scholars who were bitching at each other about this. So wow. that was kind of fun to find. Um, does this mean uh, like, because here's the big question. Yes. Does this mean that the magic of curling is dead? Um, um, no, because I don't think that I understand what they're talking about. Okay, that's a, no, that's actually, you know what, that's fair. I, didn't I don't that. think the magic of brooming ice to move a rock to a, to a button will ever die. I think... I thought it was a house. You know, the house was the whole circle, the middle bit, it's the button. Oh, that's cute. I like that. But I do also think that the magic of curling is really just the absurdity of the entire thing, right? Yeah. It's just like the sweeping. Yeah, I don't think that it, like, knowing that it's fine will detract from enjoying watching the absurdity of it. That's, yeah. That's fair. I actually think I want to watch it more now, not understanding the science behind it at all. Yeah. I want us to not know how it works. All right. That's, I mean, that's... But that is an update on curling kind for you of guys. Ar argument, isn't <laughs> it? Actively anti-science argument. <laughs> yeah, right. That's well, how you live your life generally. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, that's the update on curling. Okay, I, thank, thank you, for, you that. for that. Yeah, yeah that was really yep, important. I'm really glad we did that. the knowledge that I needed today. Let's do this every six months. Yeah, yeah no, no, we'll just, we'll <laughs> we'll just, just, yeah, we'll just check quick, in. Quick check in with the science of curling. <laughs> What's next? I believe, Samantha, that you also wish to speak about cartographic errors because, you know, oh, yes. very fun maps episode. We didn't talk much about how maps can go wrong. Well, the interesting thing about cartographic errors is it's not when maps. When maps go wrong. I mean, okay, so when I say cartographic errors, I don't mean to, like maps because all maps are going to have some errors in some respect. When I'm saying cartographic errors, I'm just going to need to, oh, that's the wrong page. Too many pages of notes. Too many pages. Figure it out. So what a cartographic error is, is actually deliberate errors in maps. Oh. oh. And you know why they do this? Ew. Can you guess why they do this? Um, classism. Close, Jim. <laughs> Very close. Uh, Sam. Uh, um. <laughs> <laughs> a preternatural tendency towards binary thinking. We don't often do a little bit of a question and answer situation, so I might Fun. just... Fun? Please stop putting... Copyright. A... It's copyright. Yes. Copyright? It's copyright. Okay, oh, it's wow. really boring. I was thinking like literally political boundaries and shit. No, no, no. Well, that's not incorrect to the people who are making them. Ah, mm. yes, and that is a whole other discussion. Um, <laughs> maps and, are an impression of our universe. Yes, um, and Google Maps does a very good job of trying to not wade into bullshit and start wars. By pandering to everybody. By pandering to <laughs> everybody everyone. Everybody gets your own Google Maps. <laughs> but, so what these are... One these panda for you. These cartographic errors come up 
And they're basically non-existent streets, misnamed places, misspelled places, mm. and these sort of <laughs> um, <Someone> fronts. Room. <laughs> 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 I mean, it is pronounced kind of like that, but I mean with an O. I mean, it's not usually with country names, but I like. I like. No, just, just go bold. I love that. Like, it's, it's so like, great. and these are known as trap streets. So they're Australia. Australia. <laughs> Austria. Um, they're known as. Trap streets, paper towns, or Easter eggs, as well as what they're referred okay. to as. That's great. Um, it sounds like a track listing of like a 2000s indie pop band. <laughs> 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 no, I'm here for uh, that. Well, paper towns is literally the name of a John Green novel, so. Okay. Actually, maybe that's the connection. It sounds, yeah. Yeah. And it's it. actually it about somebody who was fascinated with cartographic errors. So, mm, there you go. Connection. Mm, I have mm. read that novel. <sighs> See, I've never actually found any cartographic errors, and that's because you have to. They're going to generally put it in a place where it's not going to be that obvious, right? Here, they're going to put it in a field somewhere, right? Here's like, my thing, though. I mean, like, you don't notice any cartographic errors because you go to the map to find out, uh, and <laughs> the map is where the knowledge is contained. So it's not like you're going to confirm your current knowledge of where things are and what they're labeled. Otherwise, you wouldn't be looking at the fucking map, Sam. <laughs> God, but, but it is it is very interesting that they would deliberately do this, and that people would want to copyright maps um, at all. Like particularly, I think they're in a, the A to Z of London map has quite a few of them because that's quite a copyright. That's a very valuable map that someone I think it was just like an old woman made. Well, my nineteen ninety six. Some old woman. <laughs> <laughs> what about? I would the window. <laughs> oh my goodness! You gotta know where the best window is to chuck your shit. <laughs> Everything rolls downhill. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, please keep talking. I'm okay, gone. Okay, so my joke about the Refidex is gone now. So oh, well, were you going to make no. It wasn't a joke. It was just to refer to my 1996 Brisbane Refidex. We have see it if it has somewhere. any errors. Do you want me to go grab it? I don't know <laughs> if it has any errors because the roads have changed in this time. Ah, well, I then see. it is so, wrong, isn't it? Yeah. Errors. There are errors in <laughs> They should have seen the future error. coming. Hmm. Yeah. So, oh, wait, have we? What other wacky? We have, we have wacky and wonderful. Of course, the whole thing is wacky and wonderful. I mean, that's the whole, inter- the whole podcast is based around things being more wacky and wonderful than you expected it to be. It frequently happens. All right. So you told me that we were doing some kind of chapter-based uh, structured yes. episode Indeed, that you guys yes. have prepared, which is very nice of you. Yeah. Uh, well, that's literally our uh, job, what's chapter but... two? Chapter two is this will hurt Jim. <laughs> 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 the category oh, of things, no. the category oh. of things we discuss discuss in the podcast, uh, which cause you to feel suffering. Um, so we're gonna do more of that. Um, strap in. Which, if I'm honest with you, centers on the numbers episode. Just it, like yeah. squarely. Okay, we can deal with that. By we, I mean I, probably. Um, okay, the first thing I want to say is because this is just a bad segue from us talking about maps, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is that I was thinking we talked in the numbers episode about how uh, clocks and time are a representation using numbers of um, human perception of time, of course, but indirectly it's a, it's a measure of cosmological time. It's a measure of, of the sun and it's a measure of, of the moon actually in early forms of time as well. Um, calendars, we didn't talk about calendars at all, which is kind of funny because calendars are, that's, um, that's another way that we divide up no, that's just a universe. picture of time. No, it's a time map. <laughs> it's a map of time. <laughs> See, this is why I just wanted to say that to you. Um, this is the main reason why we called this. It is a map this. of time because it is a, like it is a, a way of visualizing. Yeah. Okay. The passage of 
the, the, the moons and the sun. Okay. Um, and in fact, obviously, you know, the old European calendars used to follow the moon quite closely, you know, in groups of four weeks. And of course, then Roman politics got in the way. Mm. Classic. Hilarious. As with all things. Samantha. A map yes. of time is a uh, sick concept for uh, sci-fi of some kind. I don't a map of time. And you guys didn't talk about Deep Space Nine at all last episode. I know. <sighs> So I feel like sad. you let us down. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is a Deep Space Nine podcast. I'm, I'm literally <laughs> just bringing it up now to fill the quota. That's all it is. Oh, no, thank you. I really appreciate oh, that. Well, so, you know, um, talking about like the, the links between maps and also the links be- when we talked about numbers, about um, measuring time, um, is that, and I wanted to talk about this more, um, is that the ancient peoples who were um, drawing maps of, of the world often were not drawing it of the ground and the land they were drawing it of the stars. Yeah, there was definitely an element of cosmology that was introduced into quite a lot of maps. Um, And you had this really classical structure of like maps where it was divided into three parts. You had the upper part of the map was for the gods and it was the cosmology. The middle, the land of the mortals was the land and then the lower being the place of the damned or the demons. Mm -hmm. But these cosmological maps were really fascinating because they sort of were reflective of um, like perspective and perception. And I think that's really, it's like the the universal communication of like how you view yourself in relation to sort of the sky is really a fascinating and ancient thing. Right, because I suppose any depiction of time is just more like creating, like writing down the human perception of the universe because, you know, other things may experience time differently than we do. Yeah, exactly. And so you have these maps, like there's uh, the Lascaux Caves, which I do think we spoke about a little we bit did, in, in the, the caving episode. episode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's all coming together. <laughs> yes, mm, see the themes are working. Um, so it is an ex- has an example of uh, the, the bull or the Pleiades yeah. constellation or whatever it's called. It's called mm. multiple different things. And almost every single... Um, ancient culture has sort of got a depiction of this. Um, I know the Indian Indigenous Australian, mm-hmm. um, they yeah. also have their own representation of the Pallades constellation, which I believe is, uh, so you've got the six dots of the Pallades, which is constructed and it's shaped like a bull. Is it Pleiades? Pleiades. I've, I've heard it say... Well, Pla- Pilates. <laughs> Pilates. <laughs> yes, okay. reformer Pilates. Yeah, okay, great. So, so there's there. a depiction of Plato. some very important core exercise. Yep, go on. Yes. Um, but there are other there are other constellations in the Lascaux Caves. There's Orion's Belt. There's all of these different um, groups of, of star clusters. How could they see those if they were in a cave? I'm sorry. I'm just, <laughs> fucking, I'm just here to derail yeah, things. Yeah, I, I know, I know. You know um, but using I, fire! But <laughs> I, I, I do think that it's... I do think that it's a really interesting um, kind of thing to consider because there's various different... I actually do have visual aid. Oh, my oh, God. Yes. I have a table. <laughs> That's not visual. We've <laughs> all got a table. <laughs> um, and so there is a book that I read that kind of... And I think we've both read this book, which is called The Human Cosmos. By Joe Marchand. By Joe Marchand, yeah. And it's, it's a beautiful... Uh, it's a story about the way that humans have tried to interact and understand and represent the um, known universe and the and the cosmos. And um, Newgrange is an example of that. Love Newgrange. And that's a beautiful representation of that. Having been there. Oh, it's been in there. Uh, been inside of it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Stonehenge is another one. And actually there are two Stonehenges. There's one that was made of wood and there's one that's made of stone. Yeah, okay, so why was the wood one named Stonehenge? 
<laughs> um, it wasn't. Okay. I'm just saying so that there were two. two yeah, there was one stone henge. There's some henges. There's a couple of henges. A henge rope. But the the wooden henge was meant to symbolize the the gateway into into like the underworld. Yeah, the underworld. Yeah. And the other one is like kind of the connection to the cosmos. And so they have like structures. Well, that makes sense because yeah. like the placement of where because having been there. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> <laughs> Stonehenge itself, like the hill that it's standing on, it's like I'm not one of those people that walks around going like, listen, okay, I'm I'm a little bit spiritual, okay, I'm not that guy, I'm a dog. Uh, but like so I, I go to this place and we walk up and we see and there's the big reveal and it's just standing on top of this hill. It's not a high place but it is kind of the highest place mm. and you're looking around and there are these rolling hills and it's gorgeous but it all kind of feels a bit down. So the sky feels fucking massive and you can kind of go like, oh, I, I, I understand why they put this here. <laughs> also like it. the solstice stuff. Yeah, it's fucking sick. Yeah, it's dope. But there are various different ways that ancient cultures have sort of conceptualized cosmology. You've got the Hindu um, cosmology, which is like an oscillating infinite time where you have cycles of universe manifested and universe unmanifested. Okay, all of so that. So are you is talking about are you talking about now novel. relationship to sky, or are you talking about relationship to time, or both? You know what's really fun about cosmology is a little bit of both. <laughs> so you don't have time without sky, Sam. You don't uh, have time uh, without. <laughs> you don't have universe without time. You don't have time without universe. You don't have universe. You without universe. Wow, we got into this quick, yeah. didn't we, fellas? And so, <laughs> you've, and so you've got. Um, so the Hindu cosmology that dates from about seventeen hundred BC. Um, then you've got Jain cosmology, which is cyclical. I'm sorry. So what? Jain cosmology. <laughs> Who's she? <laughs> Yeah, a book on time by Jane Cosmology. You have Babylonian cosmology, she can't be trusted, which is from two hundred and thirty thousand. Jesus, if I could read numbers, that would be great. Mm -hmm. Yeah, BC. Not and to no, two two thousand three hundred BC. Well, you said two hundred and thirty thousand. <laughs> Humans were not around then. Um, yeah, Chromagnus the sky arrived. The sky was. <laughs> so they had this conception that the um, heaven and earth form a unit within infinite waters of chaos and that the earth is flat and circular and a, a solid dome keeps the outer chaos, the ocean, at bay. Which is such a <sighs> cool... It's just like it reminds me of Discworld. <laughs> it reminds me a little bit of Discworld, actually. Discworld, mm. yeah, turtles. Turtles. Yeah, turtles. Elephants and turtles. It's a big sea turtle, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I love it. And then you have um, Elactic... Ooh, actually, Jim, do you want yeah. to... Yeah, do you jump I'd in here? To. What is that one? Uh, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> I'm going to say Eliatic okay, cosmology. Gorgeous. And I will bear the brunt of the correction. <laughs> so this is the concept that the universe <laughs> is unchanging, uniform, perfect, timeless, and neither generated nor perishable, and the concept that void is impossible. Okay, again, all of this is progressive metal song there is. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and then obviously you get into um, after this, like I've got there's there was there's one here that's like um, Samkai cosmic evolution, which has got stuff about sort of becoming and unbecoming uh, evolution. Oh my god! All that, but then the one after that is just biblical conceptions of cosmology, which is obviously Genesis, and then you get into yeah. like Aristotelian. Uh, which is about like the spherical bodies. And that's when you start actually getting into rather than the sort of broad scale, the universe, oh, burp, the nice. universe and us kind of together mm. being sort of interacting with like actually defining the shapes of the universe and the parameters of the universe. Mm -hmm. And this is where 
you have the early discoveries of of sort of stars and the movements and the constellations and all of that. Wow. My favorite thing about the word cosmology is that like in this context, we were talking specifically about how different cultures have seen like the stars, mm-hmm. but it kind of has another meaning as a word that's more commonly kind of used now, which is kind of refers to almost like worldview. Like you would say that, um, you know, the there was a cosmology of ancient Chinese cities that in which um, the highest and uh, most important sort of political figures would be at the center of the city and up high. Yes. And they built circular around it. And that was a form of cosmology because it was related to the way that those people at the Oskilia. time. You're describing Oskilia. A topographical caste system. Yes, it's like Minas Tirith. Yeah, like, Barsing Se is what you're talking <laughs> about right now. But in, and then you could say like, oh yeah, a, a, a Western um, city like Brisbane reflects this entirely different worldview about in which humans are seen to be of the land and you can't even see the stars. Yeah. And so I really like thinking about cosmology because it's like, it is just a worldview that humans have had and changed in different places about how they see uh, themselves in the universe. And the fact that that relates to how we conceive of time itself absolutely blows my mind. Vomit. More Um, importantly, (laughs) how that relates to astrology. Now, what are... (laughs) Just for a quick... uh, I told you it was going to hurt. Just a quick aside, little little off-the-cuff etymology break. Um, The word cosmos uh, is obviously Greek in origin. Uh, and Obviously. It, it is the opposite of chaos. The two things are chaos and cosmos, meaning cosmos, meaning order, um, oh my which God. is the order of things. So that makes the word even better. Yeah, it makes it so sick, dude. Actually, it makes the word make more sense because Can it's I, not just relating to gonna, the cosmos to stars. just going to briefly put the hat on. Just <laughs> <gonna> <laughs> have your moment in the sun. Is this what this feels like? <laughs> yeah. I just want to feel something. <laughs> oh, my go. goodness. Yeah. That looks good. There we go. All right. Meenits, sunits, I guess. I'm sorry. Oh, I just okay. So we've talked. We're still on the time thing. Okay, we're moving on for cosmology. We're still on the time thing because there was one thing we talked about in the numbers episode in relation to the way we subdivide time and think about time into hours, minutes, and seconds. That's right, because it was the second minute portion. Part. Yeah. Yes. Okay, yeah. Um, exactly. The second minute. Uh, divided into 60. And this is all because of a whole bunch of number systems that we inherited all the way back to the Sumerians. And now we just have it. Um, Thank you, Sumerians. Talked about very yeah, briefly. Shout out. Big shout out to the shout Sumerians. Shout out to the Sumerians. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> not not Spawn, obviously. Yeah, no, but we just love, we just <laughs> love their work. Okay. I'm derailed. Très drôle. We spoke briefly... <laughs> but terribly about the leap second. <laughs> the leap second. You're all familiar with leap years. You know, once every four years, we need to add a day in February. <laughs> <laughs> Just in February. Because yeah. otherwise we'd be lost. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because the calendar is broken. It doesn't quite yeah. match the actual uh, solar time, mm. the, the the proportion of how the, we move Cosmic around the sun. Time. And we don't Cosmic want time. the earth to swallow the ocean or the ocean to swallow the earth. Which <laughs> yeah. No, we certainly wouldn't want that. Follow the rules of the cosmos. <laughs> Um, so we've been adding leap seconds to universally, um, like sort of international time. My question is why? Why? Yeah. <laughs> it's not important. Okay. So, okay. The, the first thing is that. Is what? <laughs> when we first had international time, it's in the 20th century. That's what we call Greenwich Mean Time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And centered on London. Uh, and As are all things <laughs> in 1901. Yes. Um, Federation. So. When these international bodies started uh, defining things like how to make the perfect cup of tea and what a kilogram is. Thank God they did that, by um, the way. 
the international system of units also developed the exact definition of a second, and that definition of a second was a fraction of a solar day. So at this point, time was still determined to the sun, i.e. they would have a very accurate clock in Greenwich that would be based on, tuned to what the sun is doing. So it's linked to solar time. Mm-hmm. And so a second was uh, 86 to 400th of a second. Oh, God. Um, but atomic time came around in the 60s, and so it was really, really accurate. Far more accurate. It's atomic time. Yeah, far <laughs> more accurate than, than uh, solar time. But the problem is, is solar time uh, depends on you know, when the sun goes up and comes down. The sun is not moving. We are moving around the sun. The Earth is spinning. That's some bullshit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we do believe in uh, heliocentrism yeah. in yeah, this podcast. Yep. just want to make that clear. The Earth is round. Yep. Thank Thank you. Please go. Yep. Please go on. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so the Earth is spinning at a dif- differing rate. Mm-hmm. So over time, it's actually slowing down. Because we also get impacted by the, what the other planets are doing. Yes. Um, so you need to add a leap second every now and again. Oh, God. Uh, in order for the definition of a second in atomic time to match the solar time. Otherwise, we'll just drift out of time. Can you but just imagine being we? the person that figured that out? Just sitting there going like, oh, fuck. Oh, oh fuck. Oh, God, we got to fix it. The Earth is going to swallow the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> but my question is, my question still stands. Why? Because if time is simply a construction made by, like if we're the only ones that care. Because mm. the curtains will fade. So. <laughs> Don't you bring daylight savings trash talk into this? Oh man! Although fuck daylight savings. Only um, fuck daylight savings because we don't do it and everyone else does. Yeah, but fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> but also, it makes no sense anyway. We could have that whole conversation. All right, we'll have time. a fight about this later. Yeah, well, off mic. Um, but no, I still don't understand why <laughs> yeah. then. Why are we still using the solar definition if we have the atomic definition? Why do we need them to match? Why? Well, because basically they've got a mathematical model for. The, the solar day and how um, it shifts and how it's changing. And it's basically showing that the solar day is getting kind of longer. Horrifying. Is that because we're getting closer? shocking, shocking length of time. It's 1.7 milliseconds per century. <gasps> that is rapid. Are we all going to die? Oh my yep. God. Is that because we're slowly spiraling into the sun? Are we all going to fucking die? Okay, so <laughs> there's actually, like, it's really funny. So there's been 27 leap seconds uh, added. So since- I'm 27 seconds older than I think I am. Well, since 1972. So actually, I've got the full list of like when they've done it. Oh! Because, okay, so if you look at this visual aid, you can see that there's a very badly printed table here in the sun. And um, <laughs> so it's not regular. You'd think it would be like a leap year or something, like it would be every four years or something. Yeah. But it's not based off that because it has to be based off what the Earth is doing. <laughs> so there's an organization that's called... There's an organization called the International Earth Rotation and Reference System Service. What's the acronym I'm for that? I'm sorry. Ears. Uh, (laughs) Get your ears checked. Get your ears. (laughs) It's fucking shocking. So they monitor the rotation of the fucking earth Mm -hmm. and then decide to apply a leap second. (laughs) And every now and again they make a phone call like, oh, we we got to do it. We got to do something. And they're just basically monitoring solar time. And it's the difference between solar time and atomic time. And once that approaches like 0.6 seconds... Um, yeah. they, they go, okay, we've got to add one. And they give everyone six months notice, everybody. We're going to add a secret second to UTC on your phones and you will never know about it. Here's, okay, so but here's, no, no, wait, here's wait, my wait. How is it secret if they let everyone know? 
Because I don't know about it. Nobody knows about this. What, are they going to ring everyone individually yeah, like, in 1972? I mean, like, a mass text. Hey, you cool cats, it's time to have a fucking... Listen, I don't know anything about okay. any slang at all. It's always on either June 30th or December 31st. Yep. And oh. in 1972, they did it twice. In well, why? Every year's, why? Why? Because so we were, the first they were catching up. They were like, oh, Oh, fuck. Oh, oh fuck. wait, we went too far. Um, 1973 to 1979, there was one every year. <laughs> we went year. too far. Take a second away as well. well no, actually, no, I'll get to that. All right. so, no, so every now and again, they just take a second away because fuck you, that's why. So there hasn't been one for a while. The last one was in 2016. That's in the year I was alive. So, so that's horrifying, yes. How many in your lifetime? Now you're going to reveal my age to everybody on camera. I'm 26 years old. You're going to get six. <laughs> six seconds. So I'm six seconds older than I thought I okay, was. Okay, so the problem is... Or is, is it the, younger? No, they added a second. Oh! They add a second. So does that mean I'm younger? Oh, fuck. We're back to this again. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Well, you brought it up again. Let us know. Like, am I six seconds younger or six seconds older? <laughs> I think it's really important that we do this democratically, you're not younger, scientifically. Because you're a younger age than the... The, the time is because time is made up of nothing. It's all bullshit. Okay. It's all bullshit. The thing is, though, we're gonna die. Leap seconds are based off the premise that the Earth's rotation is slowing because that's dominantly what's been going on. Something to do with melting ice and stuff. But is now, it climate change? Is that what? You're no, no, no. About? I don't know. But the Earth is <laughs> it's not bit, important. <laughs> now the issue they're facing is that those the Earth is actually kind of you know possibly speeding up. So are we now that the Earth, fucking die now that the Earth is speeding up its rotation, they actually have to. Leap seconds can't work unless they do a negative leap second, which they're currently considering doing. So they're going to take a second away from us <sighs> at some point in the future. Okay. Unless somebody stops them. And some people really don't like this. So apparently there's a movement to get rid of leap seconds, right? Yes, Samantha. Yeah. How does the switching magnetism of the Earth impact this concept? Because <laughs> <laughs> um, as everybody knows... Every <sighs> period of time that, that, that it happens, the North and South Pole magnets swap. And we actually recently had that happen, um, fun fact, uh, where the North Pole was positively and the South Pole was negative and it swaps. Wait, what? It swaps. You guys don't know this? This is like common knowledge. I don't know if it is. All right, I'm going to do fact check myself real is quick. Something <laughs> I, is that something I can feel in my loins? No, no, no. You shouldn't be able to feel it. What about okay. a, what about a well, gut? Look, look that up while I, I say something. Mag Hmm. So some people really don't like leap seconds because it, it messes people around because not all timekeeping devices are linked up the way they need to be. Because uh, you're playing God and you can't give or take away anything <laughs> from me. Uh, Can you imagine being in the room saying, I'm going to add a second to the world. I am a sovereign citizen of time. Thank you very much. Uh, I travel through time at the regular speed. There is an alternative. <laughs> there is an alternative. And no, the alternative is not just shrugging and not giving a fuck. The oh. alternative, because otherwise by the year 4600 will be days off. Is it the Matt Parker idea to completely fine. redefine what the calendar is? No. Although but that also, is a good idea. Shout out to Matt Parker. Um, um, the alternative <laughs> who's obviously is, watching this, huge fan of the podcast. Uh, the alternative <laughs> is that we just periodically shift UTC, shift like universal time. You can't do that. No, you yeah, can. To Turns match can. the solar day. So like every 10 years or so, you just go, oh, not just Wait, so, so, lines every, up again. so everybody just shifts like an hour or half an hour forward or yeah. backwards. And I'm like, that sounds way harder. It sounds, <laughs> sounds way worse. I mean, that sounds yeah. like some daylight savings nonsense and I don't want yeah, it. Yeah, but for the whole planet. That's yes, amazing. No. And of course okay. you're going to be able to get everyone on board with that. Uh, I say we start. Here's my thought. No, here's my thought, guys. Here's my ad hoc reckon. I feel like we have, we set up a different set of time 
for every nation in the world <laughs> and um, nothing matters. And you can cross a border and all of a sudden you're like 30 years younger because some of us haven't been adding leap seconds. I feel like it's a really good way to celebrate a birthday. Thirty. <laughs> it's only been like seven seconds. Yeah, no, 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 okay, no. so no. And, uh, like, let's not get bogged down in the, in the fucking details. details. Yeah, all right. it means is that I can go from country to country and have a birthday every day. That's all I care. That about. sounds fun. Oh, and yeah, some people yeah. have said you could just add like an a leap um, day or something. That's <laughs> like, what we already and that might do. Be that. Easy that's to coordinate. That's what a leap year. Oh, that's, what we, that's what we do. That's yeah, but another news. one of those. Oh, another one. Hey, there's room in February. We can just pack this. Okay, so I just want to come back to the whole magnetic field situation just for a hot second. I told this is. This is the longest category. It's the longest chapter. <laughs> because it's fun. Let's hurt Jim. Okay. Um, so You're hurting me. Um, everybody knows, common knowledge, that the magnetic poles create <laughs> a, a, um, the magnosphere, which is a protective yes. force against solar radiation. Mm -hmm. And Wasn't that what made baseball's curve? No, that's Magnus Force, okay, not Magnosphere. Right. No, it's Magnosphere. Yeah, but people who are currently <laughs> listening to this don't know what that is. Well, they do if they're in the future. Well, which is getting getting closer to us one leap second at a time. So what happens is the the North Pole has there's the geographic North Pole and then there's the ma magnetic North Pole. They are not the same place because why would they be? So then because it's the it's not a perfect sphere, right? It's right. like, a, it's so, like a squishy ball. Fun. <laughs> Fun situation. <laughs> About 800,000 years ago, they were in the reverse order because the polarity of the Earth's core changed. Well, because the Earth, oh, of course, because the core is spinning, isn't it? And mm -hmm. that's what creates the, the mm -hmm. magnetic boys. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, that's good. Right, See, yeah, common okay. knowledge. Yep. Right? <laughs> Important, nonetheless. So there Barely was, knowledge at this point. So basically, there was concern because we were coming up to a point where they thought perhaps the magnetic spheres were going to swap and that could mean that the magnosphere is a little bit weaker and that's solar radiation and climate change and things, right? But what they've discovered is that's actually not going to happen so everyone can calm down. All right. So everyone relax. That's the. That's I, I, I feel like all of this knowledge doesn't <laughs> allow for me to do that. Yeah. No, that's it's fair. It's the Sumerians to this I shit. Mean, I don't also, know how it's we, also how the we fact that the, the, Earth's, the Earth tilt is not like perfectly at 27.8 or 28.4. It's at a rakish kind of like. <laughs> it's like at a little tilt. But it does. The seasons are a result. It of does that. shift slightly. <laughs> Just Earth screaming past you through space going, Melina! <laughs> <laughs> Tip of the old. And you've got to impact, you've got to in, like. If you understand how the universe was created, <laughs> which is definitely the wankiest thing I've said on this podcast. Oh, let's, um, let's dive into that. The hey? impact yeah. of- Have you heard of like the universe? <laughs> I mean, have you seen a documentary about the universe? Dude, name all the planets. <laughs> okay, here we go. <laughs> have you heard of the Beatles? <laughs> Actually, yeah. <laughs> Wait, what was the one that we heard? Have you, oh, have you heard of Kev Vonnegut? Yes. And I'm like, Jesus, leave this date. Um, <laughs> but the impact of the large, especially the- um, what are they called? Gas giants, my faves. Mm -hmm. um, they do impact us when they become synchronized. They occasionally go into a harmonic convergence, <laughs> <laughs> which is, we've been watching Quora. Which is why, <laughs> current, <laughs> it's why, it's why Clive Palmer and Gina Reinhart can't be in the same room. At the same time. <laughs> um, I love that. That's fantastic. Anyone outside of Australia, just go ahead and Google those Yeah, just Google cunts. them. Um, okay, so but yeah, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we're ready to move on from this from time from time. Okay, mm -hmm. what did you want to and talk to about? And to talk more about how we use numbers to create our world. Um, and <laughs> there were a couple of topics that I really want to talk about numbers you. because it was like this is like some of the cool stuff about how our world works, okay. and in fact, it's ubiquitous. And this one's cool because I want to talk about digital audio. 
for just yeah, a little okay. second right. because I don't think this is common knowledge and I think it's pretty nifty. And you're and all going to experience it now. Yeah, everybody's experiencing it right now. So that's kind of cool. So if you think about what audio is in an analog world um, where you've just got a microphone heading into an amplifier, into a speaker, whatever, it's based off, uh, it's a voltage signal. It's a little bit of electricity going through to a cable. Mm-hmm. Um, and that varies and through hardware that I'm not going to talk about here, um, it becomes, it drives the speaker and creates Because they're sound. not sponsoring us and why we're <laughs> yeah, yeah. Analog audio isn't sponsoring us. Uh, um, excuse me. Technology, so. technology, magic. But Black, yeah, dark magic, yep. A computer, <laughs> a computer to um a computer can't think in that way because a computer doesn't think is a series of it just run programs. <laughs> <laughs> the film short circuit. Why is that in my brain? Yeah, okay. Nineties Steve <laughs> Gutenberg film short circuit. Yep. Um classic. So yeah, so, so for a computer to understand that, a computer just has, you know, um words. It has series of binary lines, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, a file is made up of, of lines of binary code um, and that's what we call that we call that a word, right? So that's one piece of data in each of those. So what a computer effectively does to uh, kind of encode audio is to just take periodic samples of that voltage, of that sound wave, to take periodic samples of it and um, to encode that into a line. You might think it's like, what, what, does that, what does that sound like then? That one sample that it took for a split second. Well, it, it doesn't sound like anything. It just sounds like a speaker kind of going, because it's, it's, it's just an amplitude. Sound is just pressure waves moving through the air. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just a, a, the, it's the uh, changing frequency of those waves is one of the things that creates like, you know, pitch and, and somebody talking or somebody singing or like a drum kit or anything. Mm-hmm. So... It has to or propaganda, right? <laughs> <laughs> or this <The> podcast, <laughs> or this podcast. Indeed. Yeah. So these are these are slices of of sound, and so in order to do that, it has to do it at a particular rate. And so standard audio is done at um, forty four point one thousand times a second. It takes a sample, and the reason why that is is because the highest frequency, i.e., the fastest wave form we can hear, is about twenty two and a half kilohertz. Um, and in order for those slices of data to translate into a wave that's that frequency, um, it has to be for twice that. That's 44,000 um, samples a second. Is this Why? going in? I can't understand. Why? Okay. Um, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, here's, the, here's, here's my favorite bit, right? So these are just lines of code. And this is what we're hearing right now, if you're listening to this. And um, mm-hmm. the length of that line results in how um, the difference between the softest and loudest sound, dynamic range. Okay. Right? So you might have heard like 16-bit, 8-bit, 24-bit. Oh, I love 8-bit music. 8-bit music, right? So I'll explain why 8-bit music sounds like that is because, you know, standard audio is 16 or 24-bit and that means it's 16, you know, digits long and binary. Mm -hmm. So in binary, that means that there's, in 16-bit, that's 65,536 possible values on that scale of loudest to softest. Right? That's a lot. Yeah, it's about 96 decibels in, in audio terms, right? But 8-bit, is it's only eight binary digits, which means that that's 256 possible values, um, which is only 48 decibels of audio, okay. which is really not very much. Yes, Samantha. How did they come up with that? I want you to know that Samantha just raised their hand. <laughs> <laughs> they can see that. Yeah. Yeah, but also that's true. Um, where do you... How, okay, um... 8-bit to 256, yep. how? 
Um, no, it's I actually say I, this is hard for me. So <laughs> binary is a, a base two system, right? So there's yes. only two values. Also, oh, is it two to the eight? I don't know. I'm not, okay. I can't do it right now. I can't, I'm keeping other things in my head. Please so don't. the point is, is about eight bit audio. Um, you say eight bit music, and it sort of sounds crunchy. And that's those old video games. Yeah. Part of the reason why they sound like that is because there's only this really small difference between the softest and loudest sound it can make. So you put a normal s sound in there, right, into this tiny little thing, and it sort of gets squashed, if you imagine. Um, it's sort of a waveform can't actually be drawn out, if you like. So it's just this squashed waveform, and as a result, you get this distortion, and it's this crunchy sort of sound. Mm -hmm. That's one of the reasons why those old game um, music chips that were in like an old Nintendo or something mm. sound like that. So that's why 8-bit music is, and it's just because of the numbers that it has to represent the sound are really limited. It's crunching the numbers. It's crunching the numbers. Mm. So I did, I answered my own question. It is calculated as two, as in you can have a zero or a one, to the number of, I guess, letters in the word. Yeah. So two to the power of eight is 256. And I'm not going to do that math, but I'm assuming two to the power of 16 is whatever the hell that number was. 65,536. So, and that's not to do with audio specifically, that's to do with computers and the word, word length that's used in computers. And usually it's like more than 24 bits now mm. in a standard piece of software. What I'm curious about is what I did in my life to deserve this. <laughs> You invited us to do a podcast with you. Okay. Yep. That was the original sin, I think. Yeah, that was the uh, yeah, that was the eating of the apple. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> George Bull created this, by the way. Okay, so binary, right? It was created long before computers, because what happened was is when people were developing computers, they were like, oh, we need for this to work some way of having only two possible values on and off in a, in a parts of a circle. Because <laughs> everyone else before that was just yelling the word computer in a cardboard box. Because but it's not <laughs> working! Computer! And that's because they were using kind of like signal, no signal, right? Like that's how yeah. the whole binary signal, system... No signal, signal yeah, exactly. no signal. Because, and to be to create an outcome, right? So they drew on this work by George Boole who created a system of logic based only off two outcomes, like true and false. He did this in 1847 and nobody asked him to do this, right? Like he was just like, hmm, I wonder if we create a system of logic that originally based on true and false. And so computer scientists- <laughs> such a leap, like, hmm, hmm, yeah, it's a good idea. Could it, be, could it be the heroin or the acid? No, 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 this is a good idea. Yeah, so, and so they needed, um, and that's why computers, like, you know, computer processes are based off a thing called logic. Um, gates where it's a string of like possible outcomes based off and or or not, and they use a physical circuit that's an and circuit. That means if these mm -hmm. two things are true, then this, then true. I told, so you, that, I told you that improv class was going to come. Up to <laughs> I said that in the first fucking episode. Oh so God. when computers do maths. They, 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 they're, they're using these complex circuits and that means that they're actually doing some pretty wacky stuff. Like they can't divide the way humans can on paper. They actually have to um, do like a series of, of subtractions, I think. Um, so they, they can't do it the same way because there's no way to do that with a logic Computers circuit. Computers are stupid. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I can't I mean, do it either. Yeah, so. I can do long division barely. Yeah, okay. But um, I, you know, I, I read about this one particular problem. But I am a math apologist, so. <laughs> that, um, you know, you still have to write this kind of clever code to get a computer to do something, even though it's, it's so smart, right? Because um, computers can't, comp this, 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 okay, just strap yourself in for a second. Mm -hmm. um, you can't figure out 
the prime factors of a massive non-prime. So are you a non-prime number? <laughs> <laughs> if you have a non-prime number. <laughs> what is a non-prime number? No, no, go number? ahead and just, just go on. I'm just it's not here. It's fine. divisible by more than one in itself. I was, I was joking. And it's massively that. long. Are you like, you know, I don't know, 500 to thousands of um, digits long? Mm-hmm. You can't figure out what could multiply into that that are both primes. Apparently, humans can do this sort of things over time, but with complicated maths, but computers really can't. And that's actually used in encryption. Algorithms are based off this because computers can't do it unless they spend 27 years is trying to figure it out. Is this what capture is? <laughs> Select all traffic lights. <laughs> <laughs> so the, I, I guess the point of that is that like it's kind of cool that um, these computer systems were invented and that it's, it maths underlies it and that fundamentally it's a maths problem that encryption is based off, not a computer issue. Uh, that is fascinating. I love maths so yeah. much. Invented some crazy number stuff. Yeah. I'm s- you explained that very well, by the way. I've completely followed that. Sure. <laughs> How you doing, Jim? Uh, look, it's just that I want to make it clear that this is the second episode we recorded today already. And um, I, uh, fuck, I'm just so tired. <laughs> is there anything more to hurt Jim no, with? No, I'm oh, done hurting oh, Jim. Thank fuck. He made it through, guys. Can the next chapter not be psych hurting Jim some more, please? <laughs> Goodness gracious. That was very fun. I enjoyed that a lot. I was actually thinking that we might start, we (laughs) might have a little interim and play a game. I want to make it clear that Discord chat right now is sending me emotional support and I appreciate it. Well, you know what? Fair. I respect it. Um, We're going to play a game. Wait, what? Mm. We're going to play this game. Game time. Are we a game show now? Yeah, we're a game show now. We're a game show. I'm a game show host. All right. (laughs) Oh. Okay. The game we're playing today is called Hot or Not. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, But it is specifically for like uh, physicists or some shit, and like you know Neil deGrasse Tyson. (laughs) No, it's not. Okay. We don't know. Okay. Well, who is it then? Okay, so um, we recorded an episode on baseball. Uh, Yeah. Did we? We did. For those who are listening now, you don't know this. <laughs> but for those listening in the future, you know this. Yeah. And so one of the things that I thought would be kind of fun because baseballers have had his, like historically really interesting names. The two men are just burping <laughs> off to the side right now. I lean uh, away from the mic to breathe. <laughs> Chocolate rain. All right, moving on. Um, you know, people have really cool names. You know, you've got Yogi Berra. You've got Ruth. Ruth Babe. <laughs> Ruth, <laughs> Ruth, <laughs> Ruth, comma, Babe. <laughs> I'd never get his name right. Yeah, Babe I mean, Ruth. it's like literally, it's, I mean, it's, very, it's very obvious. Okay. <laughs> but, Scooter Jenkins or something. <laughs> I don't know. Scooter something. Really? And I we also, remember. I mean, anyway, we have matter. Goofy, all of this. Yeah. But the team names, I think, range <laughs> from hot to not. Oh, hot or not for baseball team, team names. Team names. So what <laughs> I'm going to do. Less inappropriate. Got, is this an up-to-date list? Because there's been some changes. I mean, yeah, is, it, is it though. the Cleveland Guardians on that list? No, it's not. I'm just going to pretend it is. recently the Cle- Cleveland Indians changed their name to the Cleveland Guardians and that, for reasons that should be obvious. Yeah, and that is my prime example of a not. Yeah, not hot. Not hot. So we, now that we've eliminated them, I am going to cross them off. Cross but it what out. I'm gonna, not hot. So what I've got here is I've got the team names okay. of three different, what would you call these, professional organizations? Leagues. 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 No, but okay. there's two leagues. Doesn't matter. It, okay, anyway. <laughs> The league is major, okay? <laughs> we have Major League Baseball. We've got uh, Australian Baseball League. Yes. Near and dear to our heart. And we have the Nippon heart Professional emoji. League, which is the Japanese baseball okay. team names. Let's play hot or not. Hot. I'm going to... <laughs> that was 
really good, actually. Yeah, I know. I got you a should... future in stuff. Yeah, I think in <laughs> speaking. Yeah. So um, I'm going to pull these at random. We're going to pull from them all three just what's, randomly. What's the voting system here? Um, so give me – so I want you to either say hot or not, but we also maybe we could – maybe we should do a baseball rating system and, like, we can go five out of five baseballs. No. No? <laughs> <laughs> You want to hold on or not? You want, we want a binary yeah, system? Yeah, we just, we yeah, have binary system, dude. Otherwise, you know, how are we going to get it through the waveforms or whatever Sam just said? <laughs> <laughs> we'll never make it through the logic gates. Okay, let's start. <laughs> are we ready? Can you feel no, free? Yeah, please begin. Okay. I'm so ready. Okay. The Perth Heat. No. 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 No, no, no. I see, mean, it's accurate okay. to Perth. Okay. Here's my thing about the Perth Heat. Right? Tell me. Is that, um, First of all, great team. But the the name does lend itself to a really cool thing that they missed out on a few. Okay, so they, they were part of like a um, consider drinking alcohol less campaign. I don't know if they're still doing this, but it's like, you know, everything in baseball is kind of sponsored. And this was like, you know, the Perth alcohol think again heat or like the alcohol think again Perth heat. Whereas they could have just called themselves the dry heat, which is <laughs> how it is in Perth as well. So it's just like basically yeah. what I'm asking you to do is hire me to name things. Uh, which but- is a conversation we've had before. Jim, excellent at naming things. But if they're Great called the dry things. heat, uh, we could nickname them the dries. The, the Perth dries. Why would we do that? That's <laughs> the, the dries worst. are coming up from that. I don't know, it's an American accent still... Okay, uh, not hot, I think, ultimately, <laughs> Again? in any sense. Okay. It's a no, Sam. It's a no. That's a no for me. Okay, the Pittsburgh Pirates. Oh, it's hot. Uh, it's awesome. <laughs> that is so Clear sick. the deck. <laughs> There's a cannonball coming. Yeah, I mean, aside from like all the <laughs> Civil War imagery that we discussed last episode, <laughs> I, I, I think that uh, the Pirates is a great name for anything, basically. I, it, it does open itself to a lot of like kitschy kind of oh, merch but it's and whatever. so wholesome. But it's, ad- it's adorable. I love it. I mean, it's like, adorable. I mean, pirate hats. They're great time. Yeah. Okay. It's hot. Hot. The Tohoku Rakuten Golden Eagles. Oh my God. <laughs> that's the hottest thing I've ever that's heard in my a, life. That's a flaming phoenix. Okay, so that, like, we're going to have done. to fucking censor that on the podcast. It's so hot. <laughs> Sorry. I, I apologize for people oh listening God. who um, weren't was, able to. It's pornographic was. and we all apologize. Tohoku Rakuten Golden Eagles. Fuck. Yeah, and it's probably Rakuten. I wish that was my team. Uh, well, speaking of your team, the Brisbane Bandits. Brisbane Bandits. Not hot. That's the thing. Is it because of Buster, really? though? No, no, I just don't think it's very nice. I think Bandit it's great. Apply, like, the Ooh, thing, the thing about the word Bandit is that it's like, can, I love the, the, the boys. but like <laughs> Goofy? The, yeah. Legend. But like the, the, the name Bandit Soupy? implies cool. like a, a type of criminal that sucks. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's not like the highwaymen or the the like the the criminals, but like it's <laughs> bandit implies someone that just like you know, ha ha out of a bush, and then you can like sort of go ah, fuck off, and it's like ah fair enough. Eh. See, I think it's really good because it's a I don't know um, how to put it, but it's almost like it's a <laughs> don't laugh at that. <laughs> don't laugh at Indel. Um, <laughs> the bandits. Uh, it's a name that sort of say quickly sort of rolls off the tongue. It's also alliterative. Um, and it has bandits. immediate okay. sort of costume okay. stuff. I don't really know why the, the mascot is basically just a giant cowboy with empty eyes and a constantly open mouth who's oh, frightened yeah. me for oh, yeah. 12 Buster. years. Buster Bandit, yeah. Oh, my God. We should absolutely do an another episode mascot. <laughs> mascot. Mascot. Hot, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hot or not. Hot or not mascots. Buster Bandit uh, waits. Yeah, he's uh, he, ever he watching. Lingers. <laughs> 
So we're gonna say. No, are we saying? I, I'm arguing, okay. So split down the middle. Split down the Let's middle. Let's say lukewarm. Okay, a lukewarm for the bandits. Good for them. You know, lukewarm is good. Kansas City Royals. Not Royals. Fuck that. The no. symbol's a crown. Yeah, oh yeah, that's like bullshit. Like literally in a, a country that split from a country to destroy the mo- like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and that. became one of the fir- world's first modern republics. Like. Mm. <laughs> Okay, Chunchi Dragons. Great. Okay, so dragons. That's hot, dude. Yeah, I think is that is it, which league is that? Nippon Professional yeah. League. Yeah. They um honestly, I am going to say that all of the names in the Nippon Professional League fucking slap. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, well, don't no, let's let's well, let's not get let's ahead see, of ourselves see, here. Okay, see. we're playing hot or not. Let's see, let's see. Um the Seattle Mariners. Not hot. No. But in the context of Seattle, no. Are they near the water? I don't know where Seattle yes, is. Yes, <laughs> it's the Pacific Northwest. What is that? It's a region of the United States <laughs> of America, <laughs> but we don't we don't love we don't love that. Okay, no, the okay. Seattle grunge bands I would have accepted. Okay, Auckland Tuatara. Oh god, no, that's, that's great. Yeah, Dude, that's I so, agree. so Tuatara being like a lizard in New Zealand, which I always thought was a massive scary lizard, like a Komodo dragon, native fauna, or like a goanna in Australia, uh, which is quite sizable. I love that you always go broad whenever you say goanna. What you have to say, goanna, when, goanna like yeah, a band. Mate, bloody goanna, solid rock. We don't, have, we don't have copyright for that. <laughs> we don't have copyright for that. Um, <laughs> go on. The Tuatara are tiny. They're like these tiny little hand sized lizards. They're adorable. Still a great name, though. Fucking hot, dude. And they actually have a beer over there called the Tuatara that has like a little bit of like a spine on the neck of the beer. It has like a spine of a lizard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I love it. So sick. Okay. Moving on. Hot. Moving on. Um, Let's see. The Hokkaido Nippon Ham Fighters. And I want to make it clear that (laughs) Nippon Ham is one word. So it's. It sounds like you're saying ham fighters. It's not ham fighters. (laughs) So the team is the fighters. The team is the fighters. So, but it's Nippon Ham Fighters. Yes. Not the Nippon Ham, ham fighters. fighters. Okay, the thing is, I would have said that Ham Fighters is hot because it's so <laughs> audacious uh, to have something that sounds so shit. But I think Fighters actually isn't hot. No, I don't think it's good. I'm Having said that, that though, like as much as that name could be said in English, I don't know. Because in Japanese, sometimes English words will be used commonly mm-hmm. um, in team names and stuff. But I don't know if it's, it has an in Japanese equivalent as a team name that might sound cooler semantically. Let me just say that Ham Fighters actually makes more sense than Foo Fighters. So it's like, <laughs> you got you to accept it. Not hot though. Okay. Not hot. The New York Yankees. Not hot, fuck the Yankees. Don't give a shit. <laughs> I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Yeah, I knew that was coming. I'm actually crossing it out. I'm just going to cross it out. Just I feel uncomfortable voicing an opinion on this one, so I'm just going to skip. <laughs> Why? Do you like the name? No, I hate the Yankees because I've been bred this way, but <laughs> the problem is, is that it's a pretty good team name. <laughs> is it though? It's fantastic branding. The, the monochromatic NY on the black yeah, cap. Yeah, that's great. In, and in the, as it turns out, the heart of baseball, where it came from really, in no. Manhattan. Mm. Again, spoilers for actually, the episode. Well, what about the New York <laughs> Mets then? Yeah, what about New the New York, York Mets? Mets? Yeah. It's not hot. It's not hot. Yeah, I like it? the Mets. <laughs> Let's do two more. Two more? Two okay, more. let me see. What can I find? What can two I find? more and then straight to bed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, last two and then straight to bed, okay? Okay, let me read words. Nope. That is my job. The Hanshin Tigers. Uh, it's hot. It's great. Come it's on. Hot. You can mean like anything. It's like it's, it's, yeah. it's like any team name named after like an apex predator is kind of yeah. One of these is the sick. hawks. There's one that here that's the oryx buffaloes. That. Like that's sick. Anyway, okay. Final one. The final one. Last one. Are we ready? Oh, the last one. Yep. Arizona Diamondbacks. Oh, it's not sucks. It sucks. It sucks. It sucks, and the team sucks. <laughs> no, okay. Fuck you. No, no, no. Okay, devil's, <laughs> devil's advocate here. Devil's advocate here. 
Diamondbacks are a kind of snake. Yeah. Snakes are found in Arizona. <laughs> yeah, and- wow. Oh, wow. So it's like fucking dirt. <laughs> and. Which is how the team plays most often. <laughs> and. Fuck you. The diamonds. You see what they were doing there? They were doing a diamond back, diamond as in the diamond yep. of the baseball. It's not no, hot. you didn't like no. it? Okay. It's Real lame. Shit. It's lame. Wow. It's lame. Okay. It's lame. So, how did we go in total? Right, um, you guys nailed it. There was no incorrect answer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nice. nice. Wait, wait, uh, how, um, how, what was the ratio of hot to not? Honestly, um, what was our victory rate? A lot. I mean, a lot of the ones from the Nippon Professional League were. Yeah. So were I think hard. I think Japan has to win. Yeah. They have to win. Um, there is a lot of horseshit in MLB because a lot of them yeah. are just called socks and various coloured socks. Yeah. Socks with an X, of course. Yes. Mm-hmm. Why and is that? I really hate That's the sick. Sydney Blue Sox name because mm. because Sydney sucks. Because Sydney sucks. Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> very unbiased in this game. Yeah, very, I mean, uh, is it possible that we're biased? Yeah. Why are we doing this again? <laughs> for fun. Oh yeah, I'm, fun. Ha- I'm having fun. Um, but okay, so let's just. But just to be clear, Red Sox fan. Is yes. that your team? Yeah. You would say that's your team, yeah. Sam. Red Sox. The thing is, I mean, like Brisbane I like, Bandits. Okay. So I, that's I'm where my loyalties the, lie. <laughs> I am attached to the Red Sox emotionally, uh, but I just like good sport. And so is it's the like name if I'm watching baseball and it's good. The Red Sox is not na- no. No. Okay. No, it's not. Okay. It's only the history and the vibe. But out of the MLB, well, would, you would also be Red Sox. You don't have another team that you're affiliated with that you like that you enjoy. Am I being interviewed like right yeah, now? I am. Yeah, yeah, I'm like, asking you a question. You have you ever been your... a member of the Communist Party? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a fair question. Yeah, yeah. The it's Houston comrades. I, uh... I think I'd like to speak to a lawyer. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Because I am a really big fan of the Aces. Or the Oakland Athletics, sorry, not the Aces. Not the okay, Melbourne so Aces. No, the Oakland Athletics. That's um, And they're the shittest team. Yeah, are they? They're bad. I mean, like... They it, were good. What makes me... What call, make, look, I want to call into question uh, whether you know they suck, given that you just called them the Aces. Uh, just yeah, like, no, I meant the Athletics. Mm. Um, I can't read anymore, guys. Is this because of the film Aces. Moneyball? It is, is it entirely of because of the film Moneyball. They actually... They've traditionally had a lot of Australian players in the, the Athletics, actually. Mm. Interestingly enough. That's very fascinating. There. Fun, fun times. Tell me more. Okay, so that's the game done. Thank you for participating in oh, the yay. game. That was I'm fun. I'm glad we did that. Yes. Um, but I think now we're just kind of shifting over to sort of some like just general reflections on the podcast and what we've been enjoying and what we've sort of gotten out of it. Um, did that's you have very it? sweet. I know, Should I get out some butcher's paper? And a- yeah, we'll get it. We'll do some team, <laughs> team building exercises, um, mind mapping, you know, beautiful, beautiful work. Um, I won't be doing any. Of, I'm not going to participate in any of that bullshit. Um, yes, you will. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, one of the. Th- I mean, obviously, we've already spoken about this, but uh, after doing the cocktails episode. Yeah. Oh my goodness, my appreciation for sort of the art and construction of cocktails. Totally. Has really changed. Yeah, and and again, like we said at the end of the episode, it's like taking away from that the freedom of the ability to adventure in cocktails and be critical of your own stuff until you find something that you really enjoy. That was a huge takeaway from Mm. that. I really enjoyed that. Um, I think one for me, if I'm going to say like a standout moment of like change thinking on something, was literally plumbing, which was the second last episode that we just did. Mm. And I look at the pipes in my house now. You know, like I'm outside Mm. and I'm looking at pipes going like, fuck man, I, I don't know where that goes. Who put that there? <laughs> what, what does it do? What's he building in there? <laughs> you know, and it's like uh, th- that has sort of like raised, you know, more questions about like where I live 
Mm. You know, and like, and then looking at power lines and going, holy fuck. Like, there's a, I've s- slowly ceasing to take for granted shit that, you know, I should not be taking for granted. Like yeah, the luxuries may, I, ex- I exist in. It reminds me, that plumbing episode, it reminded me I was thinking about when my parents were getting their house built and there was just the slab with all these tubes coming up. And I literally was looking at that going like, what is what are they for? What are those? And I asked and my parents were just like, um, they're the plumbing. And I'm like, of course they're the plumbing. Nice. And I'm like, I'm sitting uh, here those are doing, flowers doing my PhD. <laughs> and then they were just like, so I'm not getting my PhD in plumbing, so it's fine. <laughs> um, but I was looking at that and I was genuinely going like, oh, wow, of course. Like you, you can't just, you have to put that in and it has to go somewhere and it has to be thought about. It's just wild to me. Mm. Um, Dale, I want to I want to put to you now. Hi, Dale. By the way, um, welcome to the podcast. Hey, what's up? You're. Um, I've been here the whole time. Yeah, yeah. It always is actually just lingering, yep. watching, laughing. I'm outside your window. Okay, <laughs> yeah, that's where we keep him. Um, any questions coming through? Because of course, uh, our good friends in Discord, our buddies, asking questions and making comments throughout the thing. Is there anything that's cropped up? Yeah, absolutely. That you pass on. It's a couple of great ones. Um, I'll mm-hmm. start from the top. How did you guys come up with the idea of this podcast series? Uh, that was me. Um, I was bored um, <laughs> and lonely. And um, oh, it's only half a joke. Uh, and I, I had thought about doing some kind of podcast for a while. Um, I think, interestingly, watching the show Only Murders in the Building, which is a great TV show based around uh, you know a podcast really kind of clicked that it was just like you know what I could actually just do that you know and I think a lot of people probably did as well because podcasting is so like broad and everywhere now um, and in thinking about what I would do you know it's like what's something that I do when I learn what we like what, what excites me and the the idea is like I get excited about shit I, I get very easily amped about stuff um, and so of course knowing these two and the fact that like basically every time we got together at a family gathering we would end up like chatting until fucking two in the morning about some shit <laughs> it was always whatever you guys were reading at the time or whatever else and I kind of went like oh okay what if we just sort of adventured into that and then when we discussed it we we're like yeah we'll try it uh, I gave some thought to like what the content was going to be and how we wanted to keep it positive. And I realized that it was just like, we're looking to get excited about stuff. Let's try and find the music and everything. And that's where the the name for it came from as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I got nothing really to add to that question, except that I'm really happy that we said yes. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Can't do it on my own. I actually remember talking to you about the podcast when you first mentioned it and yeah. just mentioning at the time that I would love to be a part of it. That was back when it was going to be called the No Dales podcast, as I recall. Yeah. Um, yeah, the original <laughs> the original title. It changed a couple of months after that, but I was pretty, I really liked the idea at the time. Yeah. Calling it that. Uh, yeah, we've got another couple of awesome questions oh, here. Yeah. Um, which episode so far has been the most fun for us to do? Oh, mm. well, this might be this might be actually an individual question. I think my favorite one to research was beekeeping because I have become so obsessed now with bees and I just love the concept of like their little communities. And I think when I was researching it, because I believe, was I CI for that one? Yes. Sure. <laughs> if you can't remember, say it with confidence. Yes. Absolutely, Absolutely yes. Absolutely yes. 100%. And I just I just loved it. I loved I loved the science behind it. I loved like understanding these these sort of animals that I was in the past kind of a little bit like skittish around mm-hmm. and sort of having a new appreciation for their role and their and their sort of like 
their function. It's really fascinating. When we were researching the beekeeping episode, um, Sam and I were doing it a lot in um, public libraries because there's something about researching bees, which is an extremely wholesome thing. And we found ourselves like actually just drawn to a lot of the time, you know, primary school resources because they explain what bees do and stuff really simply and really directly. Yeah, conversation kids is like the <laughs> yeah, best what's resource. My favorite conversation section is conversation kids. Yeah, so like that's where we get most of our evidence <laughs> from conversation um, kids. Yeah, what was it, your favorite episode to do? Uh, um, well, the question was what, which was the most fun to do, um, oh, which yeah. is a slightly different question to, for, my, for me. So I think it has to be Australiana um, mm. because. In so many ways, it's a really serious topic to research for us. And, you know, um, Samantha and I, in different ways, are Australian historians, really, one um, very much so um, in the case of Samantha. But, um, like, it was it was fun to address that with sort of the, the positive sides of Australia in mind. And to, to we sort of approached it with the attitude uh, of Australianness that we were trying to talk about. Um, and it was a great deal of fun to do. Also doing a podcast while drinking a Forex Gold was, I think... Yeah, that was That was a special moment. <laughs> I think, for me, it's like, they're, they're all fun in different ways. And I think that, like, highlights are probably uh, cocktails, because, again, the, the learning and also the, the drinking um, <laughs> and the adventures that we had after that. Um, I think... Probably like plumbing was pretty fun for me as well, just because again, just like I like toilet humor and and uh, and that sort of thing. But yeah, I, I have fun every episode because again, to to maintain kind of the nature of the podcast, I have to stay relatively ignorant to most <laughs> of the stuff. So all of it sort of comes as a fun surprise, you know, no matter what. So it's all it's all pretty fun, yeah. guys. Well, what I add cop out answer for you. I but I want to add to add to that because with the plumbing because I think the plumbing was really fun to research for that for that reason because it's, it was a perfect example of. Of being given a topic by Dale, if I recall. Um, yeah, that was a Dale one. Um, to that would I was initially thinking, oh God, how are we going to make this interesting? Like, how is this going to be fun? Like, we're going to learn about pipes and stuff. Mm. And it's discovered so much history and, and so much interesting human stuff. Mm. Mm. And, we and to, it was really, really surprising. We had mm. to stop talking to each other about it as well because one of the things that we do, like you stay ignorant during the podcast. At like, all times, yeah. <laughs> just like you stay ignorant the entire you time. Just, you do your thing, buddy. You do your thing over there. Um, but Sam and I do try and keep information away from each other. So we research separate topics and separate mm. aspects of a topic and you know, one of us does the bulk of it for each episode and that's how it kind of works. But we do try and keep information uh, like secret from each other so that we're also getting kind of fresh information. Yeah, we're information. all surprised and having yeah, fun. Yeah, it's nice. It, it adds it adds a fun element to the to the podcast. Yeah, I've got another one. I'll join two of these questions together. Those two questions were from VIP. Yeah, um, and these two are from Scala and Opes. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you guys get stuck on the most when prepping for the episodes? And which was the most difficult episode preparation and research-wise? Ooh, that's a good question. I don't know. I think when, when we're constructing sort of like how to approach, like like Sam was saying with the plumbing episode, figuring out what are we actually got to focus on? Like what are the things that we need to research? What are the things that people need to know? What would people want to know? That's the bit that I think takes the most finessing, would you mm-hmm. say, Sam? That- yeah, like and trying to like figure out what questions to ask. But for me, I think the hardest, the sort of toughest um, stuff to research is when we have to kind of not just learn about something, but we have to really learn something to be able to communicate it. So numbers, for example, was really hard because I'm not naturally like that. And I had to I had to brush up on numbers and maths and, and, and knowing to be able full to well that you're not just going to be able to read a script because I'm going to be asking you 
question. Yeah, you have to you understand know. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and like, um, and plum- plumbing was actually kind of similar because it was, it was, I realized, oh my god, I have. I'm completely ignorant as to how this works. Like, oh my God, you need vents? I didn't know that. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just, like, oh yeah, the shit chimney, yeah. yeah. But in terms of like the most difficult one to prep, that's a, I don't think we've ever been fully stumped Probably by one. Probably yeah, the one where Sam had a concussion. And, uh, that uh, was, that was mean, plumbing though. Was that plumbing? <laughs> I don't know. No, it was, yes. That, that was difficult. I don't know if that was difficult. to. I think that was probably a difficult in terms of, had a lot less time to sort of get yeah. things together. Maybe maybe it was the Australiana ones mm. because it is so close to home. It's so personal and yeah. you want to make sure that you're sort of getting it also, right. Also, you know, it's, it was like a, we're trying to capture not just an entire country mm. <laughs> but a kind of our own country, mm. which is kind of a challenge. But also at the same time it's kind of dissecting and not going along with kind of the, the, the narrative. narrative yeah. Which, yeah, it can be very totally. difficult. Although in terms of my own personal fears, spelunking was perhaps the most difficult <laughs> yeah. to research because like, I had shit, to learn about shit. cave spiders <laughs> because for some weird reason that was my job. Yeah, your job is to go look at pictures of stuff you're afraid of. <laughs> yeah, and like consider being in a dark space. So that one wasn't yeah. great. but I, That's fun. That was fun. I Job is exposure therapy. Exposure therapy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was a great time. Uh, cool. Another question here from Getty. Did you guys plan all the episodes, topics, and ideas before starting the podcast, or did you come up with them along the way? It's kind of a combination of both. Um, we we had like a bunch of sit down meetings over bevies and just went like, you know, what what would we want to learn about? Like what would we want to to uh, cover, and what, and or what do we think there are topics that we actually don't know anything about that would be like really cool to kind of dive into, and I think the original kind of um, mission statement for the podcast, which kind of changed as we went, as we f- sort of fell into our groove of doing things, was it was going to be more like along the lines of jobs things that people did, careers and things like that, more along the lines yeah, of hobbies like, and yeah, yeah, like you know, you know the the show Dirty Jobs, that kind of thing where he just goes in and like sees what it's really like doing all that sort of stuff. And it kind of changed a little bit because the first couple of episodes we did was so broad like play and everything like that and then it just became like these bigger concepts were like really cool to kind of go into because you could take something really big and work your way down you know, into the specifics of it. And um, now that we're sort of a little bit further in, we can start looking at subcategories of those things. Like, for example, you know, play. Mm-hmm. And now we're looking at individual sports like like baseball, um, that kind of thing. So um, just yeah. looking at the question again because I forgot what it was. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we, we, planned out, we planned out a whole stack of things that we found interesting. And since then, we've, we've added them and kind of replaced them when cool stuff comes up. Yeah, I think we we tend to, for research purposes, we tend to know sort of what the next couple of episodes are going to be. And then once we get through that, we sort of go, cool, what are the next? Like, we basically go like, okay, this is the next four. And then we get through those four. Okay, this is the next four. So we sort of do know ahead of time, but not... Mm. Not and we, like and we know part. like the way we want to kick off season two. You know, yes. we, like we, we want to do something fun. So let's, let's do that. You know, yeah. that kind of thing. We're not going to tell you what that is though. No, of course not. <laughs> Secrets. <laughs> uh, awesome. Um, if you could have uh, someone, anyone as a guest on the podcast for future or past episodes, who would it be and why? And that question is from Scala. Uh, thanks for the question, Scala. I, <laughs> I reckon, uh, and I'm going to ask him, I reckon Sam Vallant. I, uh, you might know him from Caligula's <laughs> Um Who? I don't know. Anyone in the world. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm into obscure music. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm into some alternative <laughs> but no, stuff. No, fellow bandmate, songwriting partner and uh, long-term frem, uh, Sam Vallant, who yeah. has a PhD in music 
And uh, it'd be really interesting if covering sort of music topics and stuff, if he could jump on as well. And now that I've said this on the podcast, I feel like he's under a little bit of pressure to actually just yeah. go ahead and do it. So How the I, might him, <laughs> I might ask him for season two. That'd be fun. Add another Sam to the mix. Yeah, yeah. Then it would be like, you'd be overrun at that point. Like, how are you going to manage that many Sams? Is one of us going to have to leave? Are we going to get booted off the island? No, no, no. I'm just going <laughs> to sit quietly while you guys chat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who I'd want to have on. I mean, I've never really thought about it, which um, it's going to get my, I'm going to. Buzz Aldrin. <laughs> <laughs> is he still alive? Yeah, get him. Is that would still be alive? so sick if he's still yeah, alive. Yeah, that would is, actually be dope. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he could beat me in a fight still, I reckon. You reckon? Yeah. I reckon he could too. Um, like he clocked out that guy that time. Dale yeah. Princey. He so, should be a guest <laughs> on the podcast. Oh, wait, he is. Hey. He's always here. If I stop talking, does that mean I become not a guest anymore? Correct. Correct. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> More questions. More questions. Um, I think we've got one last uh, mm. really nice one, actually. Uh, what is your favourite thing about each other personally and within the production Gross. of the podcast? <sighs> That's yuck. <laughs> we actually all hate each other. To yeah. be completely honest with yeah, you. Yeah, no, it's not true um, at all. Even though Sam and I are married. I mean, you guys hate me, but I respect you both. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say that. Yeah, okay. It's fine. Just hurt me. It's oh, fine. Oh, no, sorry. No, it is a very sweet <laughs> question. <laughs> uh, that was obviously a joke. Yes. Um, obviously. Do you want to start, Jim? Or Yeah. Look, you're both very learned uh, <laughs> and your capacity to, I don't know, passionately investigate things and retain that information in a way that I find mind-boggling is uh, is pretty great. And also, I suppose I've always had fun hanging out with you guys. Aww, that's kind of On sweet. and off mic, so there you go. That's nice. Yeah, well, I've, I've, I've enjoyed this whole time that um, when sometimes it feels like we're kind of throwing stuff out there and most of the time Sam and I are concentrating on just kind of keeping a whole bunch of stuff in our head at a time and putting it on the table. And, that, and Jim, you just like kind of have this way of bringing it together in a way that like... Um, can not only wraps it up, but actually brings the big picture out of it again. And that's the, what the podcast has always been about, right? It's like bringing about that, um, the magic, the music, and, mm. and what, what we're talking about out. Improv class, Sam. Improv class. I'll tell you, it's going to help. And obviously you're married to me, so you're just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I think that goes without saying. Yeah, like, like, <laughs> we like each other, yeah. just to be clear. Yeah. We like each other. It was other. in their vows. It was all about the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, is actually a, this is actually a business marriage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, um, I mean, I don't really know what to add to that, except it's just, you know, it's been fun hanging out with you just generally. I mean, yeah. you, Jim was the first person that I met out of, out of the two, like Jim is the reason why we're together mm. in a sort of incidental way. And we've always had fun just like chatting about nonsense that mm. we've been learning about having studied together and now doing this. So it's just yeah. kind of a fun extension of the beginning of our relationship. Yay. Yay. Well, I think we might call it there for the episode. This has been a really, really fun first season we really kind of I feel like we found our feet quite quickly I like I I really loved the you know early episodes and and all of that but I remember feeling a, a little bit kind of unsettled doing something new and a bit <laughs> nervous so we really appreciate everyone who jumped in and started listening early on and the reception has been really terrific and all of your interaction and questions and fun times have been really well appreciated so thank you all so very very much for that um we are very passionate about season two already. We're very excited about what we can do and the way that we can kick things off next year. So we're going to take a little break for Christmas. 
Christmas. And yes. for Christmas, yes, his name, <laughs> his name be praised. Um, and uh, we'll come back to you guys sometime in the new year, very early on, uh, with more exciting stuff. So thanks again so much for joining us for season one. It's been a real treat. Thank you, Sam. And thank you, Sam. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. Um, and uh, any other Sams out there as well. <laughs> big shout out to you guys. So thanks very much. We are and once again, also thank you to Dale. Dale, Dale, yay. Thank you for being a huge part of this, uh, despite the fact that you've only been allowed to say words on two episodes. Um, so congratulations to you, I guess. <laughs> anyway, until next year, it's goodbye from me and the Sams. Goodbye now. Bye. Bye-bye. Take care of each other, everybody. We'll talk to you real soon.